Welcome back inside the fast lane on this hump day, Wednesday afternoon. We are now joined by CRED.com's John Mason. Manson, I, I am already botching names today. Way, way to go, Trey. Uh, John, before we talk about Liberty, uh, I, I touched on this uh, right before we went to break. Don't you agree with the Iowa kicker uh, that, that bet the under in an Iowa Iowa State game that if you're if you're going to bet illegally, you might as well bet on the lock of the century, which is Iowa unders. I mean, wasn't that the easiest bet? Like, I'm and now I I don't think he he was a walk on kicker, so I don't think he actually played. But I guess he could have gone out there and shanked a few kicks if need be. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, I believe he was the backup kicker, but given that the offense, the coordinator had to put a twenty-five point per game provisional in just to keep his job for this year. I feel like betting the under in the Iowa Iowa State game is the lock of the century. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. But you know, it's just crazy for a, a kicker to be out there betting, and I think he used his mom to to place the bets. That's that's a pretty crazy story. Yeah, and and I think this you know involves, and this is not going to be you know uh, we can talk a bit a little bigger discussion real quick into college college athletics. I think the Iowa State Iowa stuff. This is not going to be the first time now that it's becoming more and more legal in the country especially here in virginia this is not going to be you know the first and only case we see of this oh no and you're seeing it you know throughout all the sports right i mean professional sports you're seeing it pop up and and college as well i I agree with you i think it's going to continue to be a a trend that we see and it's just a matter of of how many come to light and uh, how many get caught but Unfortunately, that's that's part of it. That's just, uh, and I think you know one thing. Like you know, uh, these colleges need to to make sure they're educating their their student athletes as far as like yes, it may be legal in in this state, but that doesn't mean it's legal for you. And also letting them know, informing them of the dangers and the risk associated with it. But yeah, I'm sure we'll see plenty of it. Uh, you know, we're just we're just scratching the surface of it i'm sure there'll be plenty of cases that that come to light over the coming weeks months and even years let let's now uh talk into uh the liberty flames as uh of course with the seared.com you have all the preseason covered help me do some research for this interview today so i appreciate that but obviously the big momentum is the first year in the conference usa or cusa uh when that that first cusa game ironically uh Tipping off again, kicking off against uh, New Mexico State. Uh, what what does that mean for you know this program that they finally have kind of reached the goal they wanted to be at when they they moved up to FBS football? You know, in Liberty, as many listeners probably know, they started their training camp today, and and uh, you know I was over there for that. Uh, part of the practice that was open to the media. And then also prior to the practice was uh, Coach Chadwell uh, speaking with the media for his first press conference of the, of the of this fall and uh, summer training camp. And, um, you know, that was, that was one of the things he was asked. And, and it's one of those things, even, you know, myself, a Liberty alum, been around the program for a long time, covered the team for, you know, going on 11 seasons now. It's uh, something that, you know, you kind of get caught up in your day-to-day, you know, uh, week to week, month to month, uh, coverage of the team, and, and you don't, you know, sometimes it's hard to take a step back and 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 think about the big picture. And 
And especially with Liberty being an FBS uh, independent the last four seasons under Hugh Freeze, and, and the team's seen a lot of success, right? I mean, they've won at least eight games all four years, made it to a bowl game all four years, uh, finished ranked in the top 25 at number 17 back in the 2020 season and, and spent uh, a few weeks last year ranked in the in the top 25 polls as well with that 8-1 start and, and uh, you know, th- three straight bowl wins to begin the FBS era. And, and, you know, I think, you know, it's easy for myself, easy for Liberty fans and followers to, you know, get so caught up in, in that success and forget what it's like to be in a conference. And that's one thing Coach Chadwell was kind of talking about this morning was uh, this is going to be a whole nother thing that this program hasn't seen since the Big South days, which you'd have to go all the way back you know, I, I guess what 2016 was the last time Liberty played uh, for a conference championship. Because after that, they announced the move to go to the FBS and, and were ineligible during that transition period. And then, obviously, the last four years as an independent in the FBS. Uh, so it's just that week-to-week grind of you know being prepared for New Mexico State, who may be picked towards the bottom half of the of the preseason uh, pecking order. But uh, this is not going to be you know like a Liberty playing any random team in a non-conference game as an independent, uh, you know, New Mexico State's going to have a Liberty circled as as the preseason number uh, two choice in the league. Uh, they're going to be wanting to come in and make a statement on the road against Liberty, against uh, Jamie Chadwell. And, and uh, you know, that's going to be something Liberty has to deal with each and every week, and that's not something anybody in the program, coach or player, uh, has has dealt with at Liberty, uh, like I said, for a long time. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. And, and I think, you know, Liberty fans, it's also easy to kind of look at the schedule, look at the Conference USA lineup and think, well, Liberty's better than all these teams or most of these teams. Should be a an easy conference championship or should be easy to be up in the in the, you know, competing for a conference championship year one, but uh we don't really know that. Let let's you know, let, let's see how the season plays out. I mean I, I'm I think Liberty will be in that conversation at at the end of the year when we get into November and late in the season, but uh, you know, it's it's different competing week in and week out for a conference championship and We'll just have to, you know, wait and see how how things unfold uh, this fall. Yeah. Before I ask you about expectations when it comes to Conference USA, how ironic is it that their their first conference game is against that New Mexico State team that they played last year? When you know that was really the the finding kind of changing point of their season with the Hugh Freeze news coming out, and then obviously it was a forty nine fourteen blowout at home that you know, the Flames lost to, it's definitely kind of ironic where it's this big monumental moment against an opponent where there is a lot of history just dating back to last year. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. There's there's so much to talk about with that New Mexico State game. I mean, you may even remember, I mean, these are two two of the four newcomers in the Conference USA this year, right? The other two, Sam Houston and Jacksonville State, are moving up from the FCS to the FBS. And, uh, you know, Liberty and New Mexico State come in. They were FBS independent the last several seasons. And uh, you may remember when Liberty first moved to FBS as an independent, they played the in-season home-and-home against uh, New Mexico State, you know, so played four games against the Aggies in two years, and uh, Liberty went three and one of those games. Well, that was obviously got some national headlines and and attention for that, with with especially Liberty trying to schedule so many games in such a short period of time. Uh, you know, then 
you know, they kind of rekindled that rivalry, if you want to call it that, a little bit uh, last year. And, and yeah, I mean, that was such a unique game. And I'm not sure – I mean, I, I don't think you can completely 100% throw that game out as far as, like, when you're looking to this year's matchup, which is, you know, coming up in week two of the season. Uh, be, because there's a lot of the same players for New Mexico State. Diego Pavia, their quarterback – uh, he has potential to be all conference uh, type quarterback, and I mean the way he played against Liberty back in November uh, in that regular season finale. I mean, if he plays anywhere close to that, he will be an all conference a performer at the end of the season. And uh, so they've got some talent. Jerry Kills, their head coach, former uh, Minnesota head coach, he's had some success uh, at his previous stops and had some success last year in year one. Uh, at New Mexico State, got to a bowl game, uh, won a bowl game. But, yeah, I mean, so I'm not sure how much you can throw. I mean, yeah, you can, but I'm not sure you can 100% throw out that that uh, contest, you know, where they came in and just absolutely embarrassed Liberty. Because, obviously, you know, kind of as you were alluding to, you know, that was, um, you know, the news about Hugh Freeze probably or, or likely headed to Auburn kind of, you know, surfaced that morning of the game just a couple hours prior a few of the players had approached Freeze in the locker room prior to kickoff, uh, asking him about it, and he opened up and was honest about it. So you wonder how much of you know their mindset was just gone and not locked in and focused on the game anymore. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of storylines uh, for that game, and uh, it's pretty interesting. Like like you mentioned, that that's going to be the Conference USA opener. Uh, for Liberty uh, this season and in their stay in the conference, right? Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of, uh, let, let's talk about this season. We talked big picture, that's fun and all, but it's August and football's here. Practice is starting. People are hitting each other. Uh, well, teammates, of course. So let, let's talk about in-house. And obviously, the Conference USA poll came out and they were picked second behind Western Kentucky. Are those the true expectations for this team in year one, which is kind of unique uh, to not only, like, is it is it title game or bust? Is it kind of an expectation of this team really, despite all the changes it's had, new head coach, a lot, portal changes, everything that we'll talk about in a moment, but is it really the expectation of if they don't get to that Conference USA title game, it's it's it could be a disappointment? Um, yeah, I think so. Yes and no. I mean, uh, you know, one thing Coach Chadwell has been very adamant about is, you know, he's here to build this program for the, you know, for staying power for the long term. He's not wanting to take any shortcuts just to have immediate success. Uh, but with that being said, I mean, you know, if you ask him, he says he's, he plans on competing for a conference championship this year. Uh, we talked to Ian McCall this summer and did a Q&A with him. He said we expect to compete for a conference championship uh, this year in Conference USA in, in football. And, and so that's the expectation. Now, if they don't reach that goal, if they don't make the conference title game, is that a disappointment? I think it's a disappointment. I don't think you would look at the season, depending on you know how the how the season goes i mean if they're five and seven then yeah that would be a huge uh miss on the season but you know if they were to go something like eight and four nine and three and uh finish you know six and two in conference and and uh, lost a tiebreaker to, to utep for example uh and ended up not making a conference title game finishes and tied for second i don't think you would look at that as, as a disappointing season 
Um, but, yeah, I do think, you know, you, you, when you look across the co- conference, Western Kentucky, sh- in my opinion, should be the preseason favorite, as they are, uh, just with the, what they've returned. I mean, you know, Liberty's got a lot of newness to them, not just a new head coach, Jamie Chadwell. Yes, he's proven, but he's still uh, not done it at Liberty yet. He still has to get his system in. He still has to get the players to buy into that system, buy into the culture he's trying to build, not to mention the nearly 50% roster turnover in scholarship players year over year. So there's a lot of question marks. Western Kentucky don't ha- doesn't have those question marks. they got uh, the same head coach, Tyson Helton, that they've had the last couple of years, and he's had some success winning nine games um, each, co- each year he's been the head coach there other than the shortened COVID season. Uh, Jordan Reed back as a quarterback, top uh, quarterback uh, as far as passing yards goes in the country that returns. So, um, you know, WKU should be the preseason favorite. But outside of them, I think Liberty's right in there. I think Liberty has as much, if not more, talent than anybody else in the league. It's just a matter of, I think the biggest thing is how long will it take that talent to come together and to be firing it on all cylinders. I, I think September will be a little bit of some growing pains for the Flames, and there's two conference games during the month of September. Now, even though there may be growing pains during that time, that doesn't mean they can't go 2-0 and in those games. I think they can. you got New Mexico State at home, which Liberty should be favored in, and then FIU on the road at the end of the month. So I think they'll be favored in that game as well. So I think they can come out of it 2-0 and and with those uh, expectations still in front of them. But uh, then, as again, October when the schedule gets a little bit more challenging for them in conference play, uh, hopefully they can be firing on all cylinders at that point in time. John Manson is here at com. He was there today at the first fall practice for the Liberty Flames under Jamie Chadwell, you know, first-year head coach, obviously coming over from Coastal. My guess is Liberty fans maybe didn't watch a lot of Coastal football because I would not want to watch my rival if I didn't have to. Um, if you can explain a Jamie Chadwell off audience uh, offense to the listener simply, how, how would you do it? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a great question. And, and, you know, it's one of those things that I hate it to admit this the last several years when he was at Coastal, because like you said, they are a rival of Liberty. And, you know, as a Liberty alum, you don't want to pull for the Shauna Clears, right? But that offense is a lot of fun to watch. I mean, it's very successful. And under Grayson McCall, the quarterback there at Coastal, they had a ton of success. And and uh, you know, it, it's it's a unique offense. It's based in the in the triple option, but it's not the triple option like like you're accustomed to seeing at a at an Army or a Navy or, or somewhere like that. It's more uh, based out of the shotgun spread. Uh, you know, they, Liberty does like to use in Coach Chadwell's offense uh, two running back sets frequently, which is not something we've seen at Liberty for a long time, uh, for several years. Uh, but two, not it's not a fullback in the set, right? It's two running backs, an A back and a B back. One that uh, they like to pound up into the middle with a ground game, and then another one that can get out on the edge and, and make some plays with with their speed and and quickness and elusiveness. And and so I think you're going to see a lot of you'll see a lot of motion. You'll see a lot of uh, shifts. You'll see a lot of you know uh, play action passes. Uh, RPO is is mixed in there as well. Uh, and then you will see some uh, some of that uh, triple option as well uh, with the run game. And and uh, it, it's a lot of fun, especially when when it's firing on all cylinders and 
And, uh, you know, I guess, and I'm sure we'll talk about it here, uh, a lot of that will will end up with the, with the quarterback. Who's the quarterback, and will that quarterback be able to uh, operate effectively in that system? John, you've read my mind, my man. Like, you're figuring this thing out. Uh, yeah, so obviously I think the best, best way to put this offense is Grayson McCall has been the most efficient passer since he became the starting quarterback for, for – uh, for Coastal Carolina, but let's talk about the Liberty Flames quarterbacks. Uh, Jonathan Bennett or Caden Salter uh, appear to be the favorites. I was looking at the mock depth chart y'all made at com today. You had Jonathan Bennett slated as the current starter. If you could talk about that quarterback battle wh- where uh, after watching practice today, where where do you think that sits at? Yeah, I mean, I don't think much changed today. Uh, you know, they they were going through some drills, and, and like we saw all spring. Bennett was getting the bulk of the work with the first team while Salter was getting the bulk of the work with the second team with obviously some, some rotating in and out there. So, but I don't think you can really read much into that uh, day one, practice one uh, of fall. Um, you know, I think it, it'll be interesting. And Coach Tavell is very open and honest. He said that he plans on, you know, going into the final week of the preseason uh, before the, the season opener against uh, Bowling Green on September 2nd. He wants to name a starter by then. He wants to have eight practices with his starter named uh, to put in a package for that, that week one game. So uh, he's got about three weeks to try to figure out who it is, who is going to be. And, and I do think that Bennett and Salter have separated themselves a little bit based on what they did in the, in the uh, spring. And I haven't heard anything that has changed that as far as what, what went on in the summer with work, workouts and things like that. Uh, so I think those are the two that, that are kind of the favorites. You've also got Nate Hampton uh, as well as um, Trey Lowe, transfer for Southern Miss, and then, and then a true freshman, Reese Mooney, that's also there in the room. But uh, Bennett is you know, probably a safer pick today. I mean, I think he's very steady. He can, he can lead the offense. He can be a good game manager. He can uh, you know, use his feet in a triple option uh, you know, to, to make plays, extend plays, uh, escape the pocket as well as needed. I mean, he's not a Malik Willis by any stretch of the imagination, or we wouldn't be having this conversation, all right? But, uh, but you know, he, he can sling the ball around a little bit. His arm's not, not quite to that level, but he can throw it downfield and put some zip on it. Caden Salter is, you know, a former four-star recruit, signed with Tennessee, transferred to Liberty, um, you know, started last year a few games, had, you know, sh- showed some flashes. You know, you look at the Southern Miss game where, where we came back and won in four overtimes, and then also the Wake Forest game, which, you know, Freeze elected to go for two there at the end, which uh, would have won the game, uh, could have kicked the extra point to tie it. And that was a Wake Forest team, you know, ranked in top 25 all season pretty much. And um, you know, so Salter's got an incredibly high ceiling. Uh, in my opinion, I think he's got a higher ceiling than Bennett, uh, but his floor is also lower. I mean, we saw some of that last year as far as you know his fumbles, his uh, propensity to turn the ball over at inopportune times too. It really cost Liberty in some games late in the season, and and um, uh, you know, but but he and then you also heard Freeze talk a lot about last year about Salter's uh, inability to to really learn the entire playbook. So. 
Uh, that's the big thing that this camp with Salter is, has he figured out the fumble uh, bug that he had last year? And has he learned enough of this offense, a new offense for him, uh, as well as Ben and the other quarterbacks? But has he learned enough of that offense to to get him to the place where he can raise that floor and be much more consistent, much more steady? And uh, that that's something I think Coach Chadwell and, and quarterback coach uh, Willie Corn will be looking at uh, throughout camp. Looking at this uh, group of both running backs and pass catchers, uh, it was announced today that uh, projected slot starting receiver Reese Smith and uh, Victor Jones both suffered injuries and will miss the 2023 season. Where where would you uh, assess kind of the depth of both the running back room, which is kind of now going to be even bigger of a a need for this team, and then obviously the pass pass catching on the outside? Sure. I'll start with the receivers. Uh, the loss of Reese Smith is is huge. Um, that that was a position that was already thin uh, coming into to, into camp, and and Smith is a guy that that I thought West Virginia transfer came in in the spring. Uh, I thought he was going to kind of separate himself and, and probably lead the team in re- receptions this season, maybe even receiving yards uh, as a top target, uh, kind of a safety valve out of the slot. Uh, for these quarterbacks, uh, whoever the quarterback may be. Uh, so that's a huge loss. Uh, you know, and he was a guy that was pegged to kind of come in and, and help replace the loss of Demario Douglas, who's turning a lot of heads in, in training camp up in Boston for the Patriots. But, um, you know, so that's a big loss. But, I mean, you, you got some guys there, some returners that, that are familiar names for Liberty fans. I know a Frith, a guy who's battled injuries throughout his career, but but he's got a lot of, experience and playing time under his belt. Uh, C.J. Daniels, he tore an ACL last uh, spring. He did play in four games last year before electing to uh, preserve his Europe eligibility and, and redshirt. Uh, he should be back to full strength. He, he's a guy that, that, in my opinion, needs to kind of step forward and be that number one go-to guy uh, for, for the for the Flames as at a receiver position in the receiver room, uh, he's got that uh, ability, that potential. Uh, he just needs to put it all together and kind of take that next step. Uh, there, there's some other guys. Colin Austin's a young youngster. He showed some flashes in the spring. Another slot guy. Uh, Elijah Smoot is a is a UT Martin transfer that that put up some good numbers in the FCS last year. Uh, Errol Rogers, another transfer from Louisiana. Those are those are a couple other names. Trayon Sibley, another returner that that can factor in there. But I think that's the biggest weakness of the team going into camp. Uh, and then you couple that with a quarterback, and you're not sure who's going to be there. That that gives you a lot of question marks and hesitancy for for the Liberty offense. But the strength of the team, and this kind of segue into the, the running back talk. I think going into camp, and Coach Chow will kind of echo those thoughts, is the offensive line. Like, you got a lot of returners there. You got some Power Five transfers to help solidify some losses there. Uh, so, I think that should be the strength of the team is the offensive line. And I think the coaching staff is hopeful that the running back and the running game. Uh, can be the strength of the team, strength of the offense, and kind of lead the way. And and again, you got a, you got an entire new look of uh, uh, names and faces at the running back position. I mean, you know, the top three running backs from last year are no longer on the team. Day Day Hunter, uh, Shadra Lewis, both transferred, uh, and then. Uh, um, 
forgetting uh, slipping my mind. The other running back they had there, TJ Green, uh, his eligibility is is gone. Um, you know, so those are the top three running backs last year. Those are the only three running backs that had any significant amount of playing time, and they're all gone. So uh, Coach Chadwell, again, like I said, likes to have the two back. Uh, two running back uh, offense, an A back and a B back. He brought in a, a ton of, of of weapons here. Vaughn Blue, a true freshman, turned a lot of heads in the spring. Uh, Quentin Cooley, Wake Forest transfer. James Jointer, Arkansas transfer. Victor Vin, uh, Colorado transfer. Billy Lucas, an FCS transfer. A uh, lot of names there, lots of transfers there. I think Cooley's kind of the, the lead back uh, expected to be. Uh, the Wake Forest transfer, he's a veteran, more experienced. Uh, where Jointer and, and Vin are, are they, they're very highly rated guys, but they come in uh, redshirt freshmen, not not playing much last year. Vin's a guy to keep our, our our eyes on throughout camp, though. Very fast, maybe the fastest player on the team. We'll see how quickly he can get acclimated to to the uh, system just coming in this summer. But I think the coaching staff is hopeful that the running back room behind the offensive line in this spread option spread. Uh, triple option based out of the shotgun can kind of lead the team and maybe be a little bit of a ball control offense this season. Yeah, I think that's a, a great way to sum it up, John. And speaking of transfers, there's more on the other side of the ball, and we'll talk about that after this short break. We'll still we'll be back with John Manson to see Red talk Liberty defense in a moment. Welcome back into the Fast Lane one final time this Wednesday afternoon, and let's dive right back into our preview of the Liberty Flames with AC Reds' John Manson. John, uh, Liberty's defense, we got a few minutes left here, uh, is faced with a lot of transfers heading out. Uh, Obviously, coaching change, you, you see that happen all across the country, but... How is this defense and the coaching staff approach trying to replace uh, a, a lot of leadership off this defense? Yeah, I mean, it's a big question mark going into the season. Only three returning starters. Like you mentioned, a lot of guys transferred out. Uh, new coaching staff, too, right? I mean, and this is a Liberty defense that, you know, Hugh Freese is known for, uh, you know, his offensive brilliance. But it was really the defense that kind of led the way for the Flames the last couple of years. Uh, Josh Aldridge was a co-defensive coordinator last year and, uh, you know, kind of led the way there. But, um, th- I mean, it- it's really a reworked uh, unit from-, from top to bottom. You know, don't matter what position you look at. I mean, there's a few uh, names that, that uh, many will recognize. Kendy Charles, defensive tackle. Uh, he-, he returns there and is probably an all-conference type performer up front for Liberty uh, at linebacker. Tyron Dupree. Uh, maybe not as well known, but he's played a lot. Uh, very experienced. Uh, he returns there as well as uh, Akil Washington. Uh, Quentin Reese is kind of the leader of the team. Uh, you know, kind of taking a next step there at safety with Javon Scruggs and others uh, moving on there in the in the secondary. And Kobe Singleton, a returning starter at corner. So those those are kind of the the pieces that Liberty will build around. And it's really a, a you know. M- big mess as far as as like who could be the next guy to step in. I mean, there's a lot of names to look out for. I mean, defense tackle Bryce Dixon, Jay Hardy are a couple that could slide in. Uh, On the defensive end, I mean, this is a Liberty team last year that led the nation in tackles for loss, led by Jarrell Johnson. Uh, who led the nation individually for tackles for a loss, and and you got a whole new crew on the outside. Uh, Brian Whitehead, the JUCO transfer, uh, he was an All-American at the JUCO level. I think he could 
kind of step in there. But Shike Nwanka, whoa, uh, if I said that correctly, a linebacker transfer from Abilene Christian. I think uh, Liberty coaching staff's hoping he can kind of step in and be the guy that could, like, lead the team in tackles. Uh, you know, also another guy like um, uh, Brandon Bishop, Louisiana transfer. He had a pick six back in the spring game uh, a few months ago. Uh, he's another one that will step in there as a safety. But lots of question marks, lots of unknowns for this Liberty defense. Well, John, I want to thank you so much. Everyone visit com to get ready for, for this season. Uh, thanks so much for uh, doing a double dive into the fast lane today. Thanks so much for having me on, Trey, and uh, hope you're able to hold it down successfully the rest of the week without uh, Ed. Ed sipping his Mai Tais at the beach, so he'll be okay. At J.C. Manson on Twitter is where you can follow him as well. That will do it for the Fast Lane today. Give us your thoughts on Liberty and their outlook this season. Thanks so much for listening to the Fast Lane today. Hi, it's Ed Lane. Thanks for listening to The Fast Lane on CBS Sports Radio, Lynchburg, 93.3 FM, 1320 AM WVGM, and 730 AM WMNA Gretna.